like a gift. I get to open you up every day. Hey everyone, it's Andy Ellis, and welcome to another episode of the Melodic Noise Insider Podcast. Today's guest is singer-songwriter Bryn Andre, who just released her first album in over a decade called Honeymoon. We had a great talk about how she's approaching this new chapter, her creative process, and more. It was tons of fun, and I could have talked to her for hours. So without further ado, here is our interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Melodic Noise Inside Podcast, the very talented Bryn Andre. How's it going, Bryn? Great. I'm happy to be here. We're both getting <laughs> caffeinated. I think things are yes, going to go I, well. I hope so. I, I'm, I'm hoping I don't just like tip over mid interview. That'd be a really bad look <laughs> via audio. Um, so like one thing I kind of want to start out with was this is kind of this, this album Honeymoon, which, which I, I've enjoyed a lot. I've listened a few times. Um, is that it is your, your, uh, return from a hiatus of music in a sense you've you've lived life you have done a lot of things and 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 now you you're you're back doing this like when you're entering this this new chapter um because the music landscape has changed in the industry just in general like what is your how you're approaching your music career or journey uh with this new chapter Definitely. So I am approaching it differently this time around. So the last full release I did was in 2011. So things have changed. I've changed. And the the difference is I'm a lot more confident and I have a lot more awareness of how uh, marketing works. I'm actually a marketer. That's my career. But the act of marketing your own music as an artist is it's very harrowing. I think a lot of artists would say that because as an artist, you're t- kind of sensitive and you're putting something so personal into the world. And so you create the work, but then actually getting it out there, that does not come naturally to me. The marketing piece does not come naturally to me. And so with my last record, I feel like I I, I didn't necessarily market it the way that I, I, I should have or could have. And now I'm older, I'm more confident. I have a lot more awareness of, of how to market and... I'm as much work as I put into creating this record. My vow for myself is that I'm going to be putting that much work into getting it out there into the world, even though it feels deeply uncomfortable. Although this is nice, I enjoy, I love <laughs> listening to podcasts. So it's great to be on a podcast. So that's a great change. If this is the way that I promote my record, like I think I can do it. So are you then like kind of treating it this time while, yes, it is a passion, it is an art form? Are you approaching it more in terms of, of like a side business then in a sense in terms of of, of of how you're approaching that definitely i so i'm i'm pretty entrepreneurial i'm pretty confident in the in that side of things in the business side of things and so because of that my goal is to really apply that confidence and awareness to my music which i had never done before it's like anytime i would lose every sort of ounce of knowledge and confidence I had when it came to my music I I just would I think because it's music it's so personal it's so sensitive I just I um I didn't apply that those learnings so this time around 
I'm trying to think of like, okay, I have resources, I have experience, I understand the world of digital marketing. So what would I do if I was a record label? What would I do if this was a product I was trying to promote for somebody? And it, it, you know, it's not perfect, but it, it helps me so much in getting the music out there. You know, this time around, I have a team that's helping me more. I have, I've been creating assets, I've been creating videos. And before I just didn't have the confidence to create a music video, or I didn't have the confidence to say, hey, yeah, I could hire somebody to help me get this this out there. So it's, it's different. And I think thinking of your music from a business sense can take the sting out of it if you're, if you're a little too sensitive as a musician, which makes good music, but it can also pr prevent you from fully promoting yourself. Was there when, when you were, you know, looking at it from a more business side, just to, just more in terms of, just, I would say, just help, help more be successful this time around. Um, was there, were there any other artists you looked at or like maybe just even artists within in this the Minnesota community that like you looked at in terms of like okay you know whether you talked with them or, or did to kind of get an idea of of if there is anything specific to the music promotion part that may not have applied to to, to maybe other parts of marketing in a sense does that make sense in terms of like looking at other artists I'm always looking at other artists for inspiration but you're also kind of like trying to be like wait who's out there who's doing really cool things and it, it can be it can be inspiring but it can also be stressful or make you feel less than but there are so many incredible local artists that i've that i have been inspired by and that have developed such a strong following and and what i learned from that is a lot of those groups like cloud cult comes to mind they're one of my favorite and and to me, what it seems like they do is they've been so focused on their style. They've been so focused on the way that they're doing things and just and not giving up. They just keep forging ahead and they just keep building their fan base. And 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 to me, they're I mean, they're they are famous beyond Minneapolis and Minnesota. But to me, they're this really good example of like a Minnesota famous band. And so I really it helped me to hone my focus around like, what are my goals? I don't need to be on the pop charts. I don't need to be be touring the world. Sure, I won't turn that down, but my focus is really to have a true fan base in Minnesota, people that when I have a show, they're gonna come out and see me and they're going to care and they're gonna listen and they will know the words to my previous songs and they get excited for new releases. And so I, I think like Cloud Cult is an example. Um, what are some other local Minnesota? I mean, I know Carrie Noble was, a, is a local artist that plays piano. I always looked to her because she cultivated such a strong following in Minnesota and re really was known as a Minnesota-based artist. So it really helped me to just narrow my focus because before I didn't have a focus, I just was like, I wanna do music. And I think uh, when you don't have a clear goal, it can really keep you just like whipping in the wind. So I'm doing that a lot less now. So when, did you know that you were ready or it was time for you to come back to, to, to making music? I knew that I wanted to make another record and I knew that I wanted to do it with Matt Patrick and I could, because I had worked with him previously and I was treating it. I knew I, I have expensive taste in music and I want to pay the people that I work with what they deserve. And so for radio ready, incredible high caliber music, I knew what that would cost me. And so I had been saving for a year and a half. And 
and I had the money. And that's when I was like, wait, why are you not calling Matt? You have the money, you can do this record. And that's when I knew I was ready because I had the money and I, but I was kind of scared. And I finally just pulled the trigger because I was like, you're not getting any, I mean, I'll be 40 in a, in about a year. And I think when you come to the end of a decade, you also really think of your life in a, in a sort of a, a looking back way. And the idea of not having music and another body of work under my belt as the new decade starts, I didn't like that very much. So I had the money. I had definitely material. Uh, I mean, my whole life has completely changed. So the material was so good. The music was so good that I had been writing. And so I finally just sent him the email and I said, We're, let's, let's do this. And so we recorded Honeymoon. So when it comes with uh, Matt Patrick, I mean, what is it that makes you two work so well together, but also like him kind of, because with producers, you are in a sense in, uh, trusting them with, with helping you, you know, find the, the exact way you want to create this music that's, you know, uh, very personal songs on this record. And so what was, you know, can you kind of talk about your, your relationship with him and like what just makes you think it works so well? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one thing I want to say, if, if anybody's listening, I, sometimes what before I was listening to the, or before I knew more about music and the process of music, I think when I heard the word production, I didn't really know what that meant. So, and that's, that's a thing I pride myself on now is I really became much more adept at, at understanding music, not just being a songwriter, but also understanding production, being able to produce. And so production is basically the aspect of, I could go in with a song that I'd written on piano and, and with my vocals, and I could come, come out with a song that sounds like Megan Trainer, or I could come out with a song that sounds like T-Pain. I, clearly I'm a millennial, like <laughs> pulling out those references, but a producer, colors your music so definitively and so so strongly that if you don't pick the right producer and also you don't have the right relationship with your producer it completely changes the the way that the music manifests and i had been i felt like i had been disappointed in the past by that experience because i was not strong enough to say no i that's not the direction or that's sort of the direction but can we have it be the song sound a little bit more like this or that so with the thing about Matt is he's incredibly adaptable and and um, respectful. And so he really listens to you. And when I met him in, in my mid-20s, he I didn't have a lot of skill, but he still was able to get me the music that that I wanted to get. I, he got me in the direction that I wanted to. And then when I we, we connected again, probably eight, nine years later, I had so much more skill. I was bringing him demos where a lot of the music was already written from the drum beat to the synth because I had learned music production. So, and he didn't, he wasn't territorial at all. He wasn't like, no, no, that's my realm. Like I do the drum beats and I do the synth. He was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. You've come so far. This is really cool for me because now I have more of a palette to work with. I have more information about the sound that you are going for. And so I think he's just a really kind, respectful, open-minded person but he has, if he is so skilled that if I'm, if, cause there were, I would bring him songs where I'm like, I love this pop song. It's a little bit, it's got a little bit of trap 
upbeat in it, but it's also got a little bit of this ethereal vocal. He's like, yep, I can do that. So not only is he adaptable, but he has the skill to, if he hears a song, he could help me get, he can help me get it to the place where it needs to be. So it's been a journey for me to, to, to develop my own musical voice and production voice, but I'm really lucky that um, I met Matt and he is the, the partner to work with um, because I'm still in that phase where I'm like, I want this sound or I'm exploring this sound or do I want to be this kind of an artist? And it might be all of the above. So now, because I do think that when you are able to sometimes, when you're working with a producer and you're able, in a sense, to talk to them about your song in their language, in a sense, it can help the collaboration process a lot. So just kind of going back a little bit to when you had worked with them previously, when you didn't have that experience, I mean, was it ever a challenge to to kind of get across what you were trying to say when you were talking with him, or, or, was it, or was it still just that easy? With Matt, it's always been by far the easiest in terms of working with a producer. But yes, it, it, it can be challenging because I didn't, I was intimidated by it, kind of all things music, which is strange because I was a singer-songwriter, but I had a lot of feeling of, I would go into the studio and be like, I don't know what any of this equipment is. All I know is my song. All I know is how to sing, but I felt so intimidated. And so I, I tended to be like, oh, you, sure, sure. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, that sounds good because what was I going to say if I didn't like it? I did not even have the lexicon to say, no, I actually don't want it to be a kick drum. I think it should be a hi-hat. I mean, now I have the ability to say that, but back then I had no idea and I um, I just felt like, okay, they know best. And not in the necessarily in the case of Matt, but I had done previous works where, and I'm proud of all the music that I've created and I think all the producers I've worked with have been very talented. But like I said, if you don't have the the confidence or the ability to say, this is the sound that I'm going for. And these are, this is the instrument maybe that it should be, or this is the way it should manifest. You end up with a song that maybe sounds more like the producer than it sounds like you. And so um, it's definitely challenging. It's definitely challenging. And so I worked really hard to get over my own intimidation and through, and I've always been the type where if I feel intimidated by something or if I don't know something, I, I move toward it and I learn more about it. And so the last 10 years I've learned music production so that my intimidation fades. And so now music is so much more fun and the creation of music is more, more fun too. And so, you know, because you, you do mention the, the different sounds to the, and, and, and I listened a little bit to your last record of, this one from 2011 and then this one too. And the one thing I do notice is that like that, that last record was very kind of piano driven. It was a lot of, a lot of drums. Like I would say more, more, I just, I would say maybe more traditional instruments in a sense. And then this one, this one is definitely more, there's definitely more atmospheric pop feel to it as well. And could you kind of, Talk about like going that route. I mean, is that, is that just, just just kind of of like the the music that's just kind of inspiring you today? Yeah, definitely. Because so my last record, um, Bryn Andre, I did in Nashville, and all, so yes, it was all live instruments. Um, there was a lot more of my own piano in it, which I that's a sound, and I love that sound. I kind of love that traditional pop rock sound, and but this time around. 
as I was creating music and I, now I have the ability to create more of the sounds, I found myself drawn more to the atmospheric, uh, like 80s, 90s synths, uh, electronic beats, the, basically the music that I love currently. Like I love indie pop. I love EDM. I love music that is inspired by by those elements, more of the synthetic elements, but also with really, really, really grounded in really great songwriting and really great vocals. So the kind of the hybrid of great, beautiful music and beautiful songs with the synthetic sounds. And so basically it was, it was like, as I learned production, I was able to actually, my true style finally got to emerge because I was able to create my own demos as opposed to where I, before I would write a song, it would be piano and vocals. That's it. That's all the instrumentation that I would have. Now, I with my new skill set that I've developed, I could write a song on piano and then I could be like, what should this sound like? Oh, I'm going to go grab a beat. Okay, this beat is kind of a little bit hip hop, but I like it. Okay, I guess that might be my style. Or this beat is a little bit kind of that like late 80s sound. I guess that's my style. And so it, it was such a nice experience of being like, I actually had a boyfriend, an ex-boyfriend once tell me, he's like, I don't think you've actually found your style yet in terms of music. And it like made me so mad, but he was so right. And now I can finally say, okay, I actually have my style because I have the, the tools to, to create it. And, um, and then Matt just took it to a new level. He took everything that I was creating and he heard it. And then he just took it to like, okay, we're going to make this sound so so good and it's radio ready hearing that then also kind of thinking about because i have an idea of of how if you're going to record in a studio in nashville like a lot of times there is a set way they do it um so did that at all like like if you, if you can think back then did were there any songs you were writing where maybe you had an idea that maybe someone was like, actually, that's not how I do it here, or was it still pretty like we're gonna create what you want type thing? I don't know that I ever had overt pushback like that, um, but I do know there's I won't name them, but there are several songs on that record that I don't really like the way they turned out, and that is no fault of theirs. It's just that I didn't know how to say I don't. This isn't what I'm hearing. This isn't this isn't the way that I wrote it or feel like it should live in the world but i didn't know how to say it so there's just and now but i've thought about this where now i can actually i can redo them because i can i can redo the beat i can redo and so i might remix my own and and i i'll i probably won't say what which songs those are because everybody gets to have their own relationship with the songs and certain and i can tell from the music analytics actually that the songs that i don't really love the way that they turned out like it does not, they actually, some of them are some of the most listened to or the most Shazammed songs. So isn't that funny where like, well, it might not have been the way that I wanted it, but that like, it's also music is not always your own, right? It's not all about me. It's about the experience of the listener. So um, that's pretty funny too. So I mean, like when, when you were, you know, in, in the time from that record to, to this one now, um, it, you know, the way you've talked, been talking it, it kind of feels that like you have really always been still writing songs it's just haven't had time to, to, to really you know put them out there like what's it like i mean 
has is is in this this during this hiatus or whatever has this uh i mean has songwriting always been your your mode of of personal expression or did you kind of have to uh uh you know was there a point where you kind of had to like more actively uh uh, uh tap into that, that 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 part of you again it's a very good point and what i will say is um anytime i would go home to my hometown i in my hometown i'm i'm very much known for music i was became um i was always on stage in high school um playing songs everybody knew me as a songwriter um and so when i go home for christmas people always say are you still doing music and that that question i get that a lot and i i'm always like it kind of like it, it frustrates me a bit because i'm I'm like, no, literally every day I'm almost, I'm almost playing piano or writing or something every day. Like music is part of me, but the act of recording and playing publicly and releasing music is, is a part of it that maybe I'm not always doing consistently, but I, in a way it is good that people ask that because it means that, that it matters. It matters to the people that that saw me growing up and it does matter to me. And for me, the full expression of my music journey is, I think I would like it actually better maybe if if I could just get enough of a charge from just playing music, singing to myself. But I, there's a part of me that it's not fully complete unless I have it recorded and I'm playing it on stage. That, I mean, if you think about it, like it's, it's kind of a nightmare of a hobby. It's expensive. It takes a lot out of you. It's like super time consuming. And then every time, like the 30 seconds before I perform, I'm like, why do I do this? Like, this is a horrible, this is a horrible idea. I have to get out of here. Why am I doing this? I'm so scared. And then within 10 seconds of performing, I'm like, oh, okay, this is the best thing I've ever done. I'm meant to be here. So it's, it's the most, <laughs> it's such a crazy passion and a hobby. So what I'm trying to say is that it music commands me like I, if I'm not doing it, music is, is like, hey, you are you going to leave music behind? Are you going to leave music behind? It's haunting me at all times. I'm always writing. I'm always playing. And so now I'm just like answering the full call of like, OK, we're just we're doing music. We're going to do it. At, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to be real about it. We're going to record the music. We're going to perform and we're going to be public about it. <laughs> we're, we're, so, so I mean, were, were there the times when like you'd be like you know walking down the hall and it's kind of like okay piano please stop looking at me. <laughs> yes, I mean I mean in this room I probably have eight keyboards and I, it's so expensive and but it gives me it gives me the most joy. I mean I can sit at my. I mean, the most joy comes when I'm sitting at my my piano. There's nothing that compares to a real piano. The feeling of it, and and just playing. Not sure if I'm not sure what's going to come out. Not sure if I'm singing or sometimes I'm just playing. And the it's almost a spiritual experience. It's a play, it's a way for me to process emotions. And so I I'm I was joking before, but I feel so lucky that I have the passion. And I've come to realize that not everybody has that in their life and so i do feel really fortunate that i do have the <laughs> the piano that demands my attention at all times now i have kids that demand my attention and i have a piano that demands my attention <laughs> so what you're saying is you, you have a lot of free time right yeah yeah i know it's like <laughs> that's the other thing is like wow of all hobbies this has to be the hobby i have twin twin toddlers but somehow i'm gonna 
also be a recording artist, but I, that, I'm a I'm I'm a I'm really big on the fact that parents are human beings too. So I'm going to do my best to be a human being with a uh, with a life beyond children. So and here we are. <laughs> and, and 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 yeah, and like so, I, I kind of you know want to get more into to to the record honeymoon. Um, could you? And so I actually kind of start with with the the title song like you know you you open the record with it but like it it seems like a very like it's a um and you, and you do this with a couple of songs on the record too where it's just like you kind of you know take your own kind of meaning from a very a a word that's been in a language for a while but like can you kind of talk about like how did this this idea come about even though it seems very simple, like it, it's just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But then, like, just naming it on your record and also opening the record with uh, it. Thank you. That is such a high compliment because I, I'm obsessed with words. I always have been. I was a spelling bee nerd, and so part of that experience is that you learn how to spell words, but you also learn where did the word come from what was the origin of the word did the what the what pieces of the word so honey and moon and so i do that with words all the time and that is such a great songwriting device and and so i'm always taking a word or a theme and and trying to be, maybe be clever with it or go deeper with it and i i think it drives people in my life nuts because i i talk a lot and i'm like wait can we analyze this for four hours You're like no we cannot <laughs> and can we just talk yeah can we just talk about this topic for four hours um and so the idea of honeymoon well first of all it, it it's one of the most light songs that i've ever written and that was a big thing i wanted to do which is write music that has levity that is a representation of joy and happiness which is actually a tall order because that can it can end up super cheesy and so what I wanted to do was challenge myself to write music for this phase of my life, which is very light. And actually, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, but there are pieces of it that are very light. And I wanted to find a way to musically represent that. And so that is how the song started. And it's also the start to the record in terms of like, this chapter of my life, you could say is quote unquote, the honeymoon. You know, I, I married my dream guy. I had a family in all you know this is sort of where the movie ends a lot of the times but okay so this is the honeymoon but then what happens after the honeymoon what happens after that and there's actually a lot more a lot more to the story and that's what i absolutely love so the the song itself i wanted it to sound like a honeymoon for your ears it's kind of got like a little bit of an island beat or an island sound and that i actually created but then the message itself is like prepping you for, okay, we're, we've hit the honeymoon, but I think there's a lot more to be told here. And then the, um, it's the first song and then the rest of the record kind of unfolds and you're like, okay, okay, there's some additional chapters past this point of life where you think, you think you've gotten everything you want. Yeah, and, 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 and the more I listen to the record, the one thing I did like is that like, it is a very, you know, I like records where the more I listen to the songs, it's like you have a lot of songs they almost kind of like they're opposite sides in a sense and so like one that actually uh uh because at some point i do actually want to talk about this uh about you know uh the uh sequencing of the record but like you know the 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 kind of i would say maybe opposite of honeymoon 
is the clo the closing song, Even Love. We can hide our conflicts in Amazon boxes, do all the dishes in our middle class kitchen, but even love needs love sometimes. Yeah, even And what I like about that is, I actually wrote the, this is very professional. And so it says, uh, uh, it's even love needs love sometimes. It's, it's something like that. And I just like, to me, that sounds like it's a, it's, it's there, there are two in a sense that they, they, they could be kind of parallel songs because one is pretty happy, pretty light. The other kind of like digs into the whole kind of like that these, that love or that that like you know it takes work so i mean like could you kind of talk about writing even love and then also like having honeymoon open and and that song close it close the record i love that analysis that you have and i i really wanted it to come through that way which is it starts with honeymoon which is like i'm in love life is perfect it's joyful and that's all true that is all true but also this stage of life and life in general what's confusing as a human is that sometimes you have everything you want and you have all of the things that you, all all things in life are, have lined up perfectly there's nothing more you could really want but it's still so difficult and you are still a human being struggling you know there's a line in even love where it's like you know the baby's crying and I'm too tired to say nice things today. And it's like, yeah, I wanted this baby. I, well, two babies. I maybe didn't want two at one time, but, um, but yes, I did actually. Uh, but you're like, wait, how can, how can your brain even handle such joy, but also like s such difficulty and just reality at the same time. And it's, and so it's complex and i like that i left the the record uh, the even love song is really the i think it's kind of the emotional center of of what i'm trying to say here which is it's life is complex and, the, and those two things can be true you can have everything you want but you can also have a really hard time you can have absolutely and and young people parents of young children really know that feeling of like whoa this is supposed to be the best experience of my life and it is but also like this is that you are really in the the night of your life um and so i really like i i really like exploring kind of all angles of those things with music just for myself like and even love was just a song that i i sat down at the piano and just it was sort of like a life raft i just kept writing it and writing it and writing it and writing it and and finally it it's solidified and i was like yeah even love needs love sometimes sometimes even when you have a, a really good relationship and and my husband comes from a, a wonderful family his parents are like this kind of wonderful couple and they've been married forever and they're just it's and so he has this example of a couple that it worked and so he's just like yeah this is cool like we'll be good and i come from a a, a situation where my parents did not stay together things were a lot more difficult and so my experience is like oh no <laughs> no 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 you don't just rest you don't just like sit back and let it be like you gotta like even love needs love and so it's kind of that conversation i have too with 
I love that he is, he's so stable and reliable, wrote a song about that. But um, my, I think, mission statement is like, we have this gorgeous life, like we have to tend to it. So that's your, um, I love to, I mean, if there's anything I, <laughs> I love, it's talking about my own music because I spent so much time crafting the message of it, right? more I think about the song, it's just like, I'm like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, be surprised, like, it also, like, it reminds me a little of, like, a song like that, that, like, Paris would, like, would write. It's just so, mm. like, because she's so good, Absolutely. but it's kind of like this, I, I could see her writing something like this, she probably has, too. Like, but, um, another one that, that the, another one I, I liked was, uh, uh, uh Celebrity. There is a place in the Hollywood Hills collecting dust Cause I never showed up Why get your hands dirty in the gold rush When you find someone certified platinum And the, the, there's, the, the, there's the opening lyric There's a place in the Hollywood Hills collecting dust because I never showed up And what I like about that is Listening to the rest of the song It's almost like your your life was on one path but you decided in a sense make your own fate and so could you you know t talk about that song um but also what i also liked was that you know it, it's also using the the phrase celebrity or term celebrity that can have you know sometimes negative connotations especially if who you're talking to but maybe i mean especially with the, the current writer strike and actor strike right now you know like i, I just could talk about like that song just, just like you know was there ever a time where you were trying to give it a different title no no celebrity so i am uh i love words and i also love pop culture so <laughs> you i know like celebrities kids names i know i mean I will be deadly at trivia in like 10 years because I know so much about celebrity culture. So there was just no other name for the song. But yes, I, the, the song itself is an, it's, it's a, uh, definitely a song that is about thank you for my life. I'm so happy. I feel like a celebrity in my own life. But there is also an underlying theme of for a long time because so in high school i was I, it was like music music was the thing i left and went to minneapolis i really sort of thought i was going to be like the the jewel that gets discovered living in a van or something like that you know playing at a coffee shop but then it, it just wasn't that way and i um so there was a, there's a part of me that thought has always thought did i miss my turn on the crossroads did i you know is there a, a world in which i should have like tried harder or I could have ended up being like a Jewel or a, an Alanis or um, that definitely dates me, but those are my early influences. And, and, but celebrity is a way of me saying like, sure, maybe there's a place in the Hollywood Hills where, where I could have been, you know, maybe there's a starlet that I could have become a, a famous pop star that I could have become, but I get to be in my own Hollywood. I get to feel like a celebrity in my own life. I have this beautiful life and and what would I have missed had I gone that direction? And that's true. I mean, I think for a long time I thought, did I betray my dream? Did I betray my dream? I'm here. I'm living this sort of like suburban uh, 
very prescribed life, but I really, really love it. It is, there's so much more joy and there's, it's so much more layered than I think I thought it would be. And so it's me kind of going against that voice. It's like, wait, did I betray my dream? Did I give up my dream? And the ultimate answer is like, no, you get to, you get to have your own Hollywood. You get to have your own, your own dream right here. Another thing I liked about was that like, you know, when, when in the lyrics, when they're talking about like, our life is now it, it's like it's you know and and i think sometimes it, it's something you're not really able to really resonate until you get older mm-hmm. is is the whole fact of, of like you know you can actually you know the things that people kind of i would say chase that that kind of celebrity or like famous status for is like you know you can it's actually it's 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 actually still achievable but like if you but the older you get, like, you can, it might come in another way, but it's going to be way more meaningful uh, when it's, when it's you know, not based on, like, how many records you sold or st- or stuff like that. So it's just, like, I liked how it was just, it's just kind of, like, well, like, you can still have, like, the, the things that, that m- maybe you kind of chase that, that, that kind of fame thing for, but you'll just have it in a way that might make you more sane, you know? So true. So true. It's and the other thing, uh, just overall, that celebrity touches on, um, and that I wanted to kind of just t- touch on in this entire record, which is, so you mentioned Taylor Swift, like oh my gosh, love Taylor, huge Taylor Swift fan, um, went to her show, like all I do is wear her my Taylor Swift sweatshirt, it's like my emotional support sweatshirt, but I there's there's a thing that happens when these these pop stars and these pop singer songwriters get famous is they don't then they don't necessarily live a life that's relatable to everybody they're living a life where they have problems that are like i'm sorry you have too much money or i'm sorry you have too much fame those are problems but those are not my problems so i think our i i love pop music but i would love to have more pop music that's relatable to me which is like here's a pop song about how my toddler is driving me crazy. Or here's a pop song about how I love my husband, but like we've been married for a really long time. And so like, sometimes I don't love my husband, you know? And it's, so it's like, can we have pop music that sounds like really good pop music, but also is about, is about the truth of life. And, and I think Taylor does an amazing job of making things that are extremely resonant, but she does not live a suburban life. She just does not, you know? Um, and so that's my thing too, is I, I think we have a pretty youth obsessed music industry. And, and I think it's also my own revolution of, I, I want to put my stake in the ground, even though it's hard of like, uh, yeah, I'm a woman who's almost 40, but I still have things to say and I can still sing pop songs, you know? And maybe my songs are going to be more resonant to a lot of people because listen, I've got the kids and I've got the marriage and it's like, it's uniquely hard and uniquely good at the same time. And not for nannies. <laughs> we do have, ch- we do have daycare and like, my goodness, angels. But yes, you're right. You're right. Um, so one song that, that honestly, it just made me smile the more I listened to it was Good Time. And I think it's, it's, it's probably because of, I think I'm, I'm kind of stage now too, where it's like, I will... Or like I still want to go to shows because probably because like I just like live music, but also I need to get out of the house too. And but I will like I will look at times for a show and be like, oh yeah, the main set starts at 10 p.m. Must be like, ah, that's okay. 
if I have to, I, 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 I guess I can, but like, man, like, it's <laughs> that. A shot. Age is just a number, but it's easy to say that when you're younger. I'm too old for this pop music, but I'm really not ready to die. So let's hold on for dear life, cause I finally earned a good time. I'm gonna hold on for dear life, cause I finally earned a good time. And yeah, it's just one of those for a small because like, the, the the production is a very like very 80s pop sound which which i just i can like see you like top down with your friends just rolling in the town but also being like okay but we gotta be back by like 10 p.m because i gotta go to sleep <laughs> um <laughs> like could you i mean this what was it like writing the song because it just seems like it, it was like fun but but it was also it's again honest too Oh yeah, I wrote it in like 20 minutes. Um, my it, my kids were <laughs> my kids were with a babysitter, and so I had like a time frame. Um, and I was by I luckily it was last summer. I was by a pool, and I had found these um, these 80s samples, and um, they just sounded like fun, and they also sounded like a life that I was very far from. I was like, oh, I remember when I used to go out at 9 p.m. and <laughs> go on rooftops and take shots. And and it just all sort of came together in in a clever way, but in in a way that, like, it's just, it's a fun pop song. But I almost all of the songs had been written for the record, and I did not have, like, a true pop song, like, really, really upbeat, like, almost like you could dance to it. And I love that kind of music. And... I was like, you know what? I think I think we need to squeeze this one in. And I brought it in and Matt was just like, Whoa, look at you, producer, because I had brought it in almost it the song that I brought in was almost um almost fully like finished, like the sound of it. And so I'm really proud of that. Like the production, a lot of what you're hearing, I like I put that together. So I guess there's just like an eighties pop star inside of me. So I didn't know that. Um but yeah, I, for me, my journey has been all about, I was so serious in my 20s. And, you know, life, there was things in my family and things in my life that were making me feel really serious. But also, I think in your 20s, you're kind of tortured. And, like, you have all this freedom. You have all this, like, energy. But it's wasted on you because you're like, oh, I'm so tortured. And, like, I have to write these really sad songs. And broke. Which is amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. And broke, totally. And then, but the truth is like, as you get older, that's when you're earning your good time. You have enough resources, you have enough, uh, you have enough to be excited about, but then you're like tired. And I know when we go out, um, my husband and I go out for like a date night, we're like trying to stay out past nine to, to make it worth it for our babysitter. We're like, should we get ice cream? <laughs> you know, because we're like, I'm so tired. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was a. I, I was recently. Uh, I went to uh, Utipples Brewing for. Uh, they had their little festival during Art of World, and I was there from like, from like noon to ten. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I'm gonna go. It was the first really. It was kind of the start of, of live music season here, and I, uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go to the show tomorrow too. I get home at like 10 p.m. and I wake up and my body is like, yeah, no, you're not. Um, so it's just, just like, no, nope. you're gonna relax. You're gonna go to a bookstore 
And but no, you're not because yeah, but it is weird. It's just kind of like now it's kind of like it is probably like well, I want to go, but that's like and I'm I'm a night owl, but it's still kind of like I also like my pillow. <laughs> so I know like what maybe I can be the person who does this, but can we normalize like a brunch live music scene? Like I I'm happy to be the person who leads that in Minneapolis where it's like Brit Andre at brunch playing music and you still get to be in bed by eight. Like we need to we need to make that happen a little bit more. Hey, I would not be uh I wouldn't complain one bit. I mean and also like I do still stay alive, but it's just it's just still like when it's at like, oh yeah, the last set at 10 or 11, it's just like, I can do it, but like, because I'm fine when I'm there. Because I also, it's, mm-hmm. there's also parking too, which is usually, usually an issue, because I can't parallel park for life of me. But like, it's, I'll, I'll look at the times, so it's kind of like 11 p.m. I'll try. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't say how functional I'll be in the morning, but we'll see how this ends up. But yeah, um, another one going to uh, a, a more serious song is, uh, but this is actually so so the song sad sunsets on happiness i say hello handsome darkness i'm fucking sad i don't want your help but this vacation at hotel what stood out to me the most was the first part of of your chorus it's i'm fucking sad and but the use of the word fucking seems very purposeful and not even really in like a funny just more of like a this is the more this is the most direct word i can say towards what i'm feeling but like could you kind of talk about like you know because it, like there, there's not a lot of swearing on your record in and and like this is but it's just i just like just the way you use is just so specific to me like can you talk about that song and just like using that word yeah so i ha- was always self-conscious I think or or told that my music is really sad and definitely in my um early music writing I mean when you're in when you have access to a piano and you can you're a singer-songwriter like and you listen to Tori Amos and Ani DeFranco and like that kind of stuff you end up writing kind of tortured sad music and and also music was my way of processing life and so a lot of my music was sad but I I feel like um then people maybe a, a family members probably would be like oh your music is so sad and then i took that as a as like a criticism and i always carried that with me and so this song in a way was then i actually got in the phase where i'm like i'm writing happier stuff or writing stuff that is a little has more levity and this song in it in a way even is kind of light and so it was my way of being like yeah putting my stake in the ground and saying i am fucking sad and what's wrong with that that's it's fine and you know as a parent now where you learn so much more about parenting um that you know as you become a parent i'm like i want my kids i i teach my kids it's okay to be mad it's okay to be sad and giving them the access to those emotions and access to claim those emotions so it's me claiming that emotion in in kind of a funny way um and kind of in a very defiant way and then the song itself is really about sometimes i just it feels really good to be sad when you're really really sad sometimes if you surrender to it and i this song was written on a day where i was really really sad um we were actually going through a fertility journey and so there's this like there's you're just there's nothing you can do like you're like well it's not working and 
and you just want to be fucking sad. And I was just driving around listening to the saddest music. And I was like, oh, this is so great. In a way, I mean, it was, I was, it was devastating, but I was like, I just want to be as sad as possible. And that's okay. And honestly, it probably made that experience and the feeling go away faster because you're not trying to resist it. You're not trying to have it be anything then other than it is you are accepting yourself for the sadness. And so, yeah, it's a, it's another like probably a song you listen to and you're like, oh, but the more you listen to it, you're like, yeah, uh, feeling sad is is a whole journey in itself. Well, yeah. And also, I think is there is a importance to, you know, the, you know, a, like I said, like allowing yourself to like, OK, you're feeling this emotion. It's not a positive emotion. But you need you need to be you need to kind of let this emotion run its course, so then it allows you to move on as well. But like there is a and and, and but no, yeah, it was just and and it's a very like yeah, it's a powerful song. But yeah, it was just like it was just very like that that was kind of okay. That's very like you meant that that awkward like you 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 meant that. It's just kind of like <laughs> but it, it it was like yeah. And so you know another another one. That, that 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 I really liked and, and what I liked about this it's it's a, a, a re reliable man to all the girls ghosted and confused out in the world here's the message I have seen the truth don't forget this the nice guy can get it he keeps the home fires burning What I liked most about this was um, the the production of it is a very kind of of like I would say probably synth pr production, but and it fits really well with the the first part of the song where you're talking about the the bad boy or whatever. But then like it's a really cool parallel to to when you start the chorus and it's kind of like but. So are the nice guys, and just like it's really cool. So could you kind of talk about like again writing that song and 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 pairing that production with what you're really trying to talk about? Yeah, the more I talk about the record, I realize I'm like every song I'm trying like there's some kind of brain teaser that I'm adding in there in terms of this the the way it sounds is is different than what I'm trying to convey. Um, so that's interesting. I'll have to talk with my therapist about why I'm trying to trick people or brain tease people. But <laughs> so yes, the, the, the whole thing was super deliberate. Um, I, so I don't know if you are a Taylor Swift listener, but she had just come up with that song or the record midnights and like the whole vibe of the album was um, dark and kind of like crunchy and a little bit, moody and I loved it I just loved and I'm always like listening for okay what do I love about that and and so I so I incorporated some of that but also what I wanted to achieve is wouldn't it be interesting if I created a song that is sounds like a bad boy but is actually about the good guy because the good guy is so overlooked the good guy never gets so the good guys get like really cheesy songs like I love the, I love this man. You know, they're like the, the songs that get played at like the father daughter dance at a wedding, but the good guys never get a song that's kind of like 
sexy and like rock or anything like that. So this is my goal of like the good let's let's make the good guy be the cool guy. And so that's what it's about. It's about, you know, sure a bad boy is great, but have you ever had a good guy who like shows up and does what he says he's going to do and is reliable? Like you don't know you haven't seen anything until you get a reliable man. And um, but also like making it not cheesy, making it cool, making it sound like a pop song of today. Um, and I, yeah. So like if you were just to play the instrumental, you'd be like, Ooh, this is like a, it's a cool pop song about like a dangerous man. And you're like, just kidding. It's about a reliable man. Well, it's also one in, 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 in when I'm hearing everybody talk about it now, it's just honestly, you know, I'm also realizing how low the bar is for a nice guy. <laughs> Right? <laughs> like it's shows just, up. just like he shows up, he he he's he's truthful. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, right? It's so like whoa. <laughs> um and so like I know. A song like this, like when you're writing it because it does almost feel like you're talking to someone as well. I mean, are you writing it for someone? Are you writing it for when your daughters are old enough to to start going? these things too i mean i mean like what's are, are, are you in a sense writing it as a letter to someone you're writing it i don't know that i'm writing it to someone i think um maybe a little uh, because in the bridge um I, I say you know to all the girls ghosted and confused um so yeah i'm probably writing to all the girls ghosted and confused probably to me in my 20s and probably just to just the general sense of trying to burst the bubble that uh that we should want these kind of inconsistent, dangerous, mysterious men. It's like, no, no, that's the, that just leaves you confused and stressed out. So probably, and I, I, overall, I'm, I think I'm always now thinking about what kind of message do I want to portray for my girls and, Oh man, I, b before I had girls, I was like, I think I want a boy. Being a girl is really hard. And then I ended up with twin daughters. So I guess that's my, it's like, oh, that's an interesting twist of fate. So now I've really, I've really taken the assignment to heart of like, okay, I have little girls. Like what kind of, what kind of world and what kind of message do I want to leave for them? And so this, I guess that's part of it. No, yeah. And another one that uh, then that I really liked was uh, trailblazing. The map, I was going nowhere. The center line had me paralyzed. I went left, right, and I was lost in the night. I heard no voice, not even mine. What I liked about that was it, 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 it's, I mean, the production is very solid. Like the drums, it is like, it, it almost kind of reminds me a little bit of like Imagine Dragons a little bit. And, but like, it's this one, it really feels like this is like if there was a song that was kind of solidifying this this new path you're on for music, it's this, it's, a, it's, a, it's awakening too. It's just like, I mean, is that, I mean, is that what you're kind of going through when, when you're writing this song? Yes, you officially are number one fan because, or number one listener because you are, um, you're interpreting and listening to the songs in the way that I that I hoped that people would hear them but yes trailblazing is absolutely that song of sort of 
encapsulating where I was at and where I'm where I want to be going with music and um it was definitely it was the first song I wrote for the record so it's the oldest song and I wrote it before I had kids and I just felt like I I felt like I was adrift and I felt like I had lost my voice and and this song helped me feel like I could come back to it and I could find my new style I could find the new chapter or the new message that I was going for. And so absolutely that's, that's what it, what it is. And, um, it's not the first song on the record, but it was definitely the first one that I wrote. And it's also kind of the first song that I wrote. I, it was, I've always written really specific songs about my own life, specific autobiographical confessional songs. And this was one of the first songs that I wrote that, that was more anthemic and it was bigger. It was still about me, but it was like the, the ideas were bigger and it felt, um, yeah, like an anthem. And I could never write that kind of music before because that fe- it didn't feel real to me. It felt kind of cheesy. You know, I felt like, uh, who am I to be like writing an anthem? Who am I to write anything about life or finding your voice or the big themes of life but now I'm old enough where I feel like yeah I think I have something to say here I've been through enough and I can write a really big anthem and I love big anthems like like Sia writes the best anthems right she's like I'm unstoppable or and she just owns it and I did not feel that I could own those kinds of big songs and now I feel like I can it feels like real and authentic and I have the confidence to do it so um and that's what I wanted with the production too I was really specific about I was like I wanted to sound I'm a big fan of Katie Herzig and um she's got these really big layered productions and so that's what we were going for um and Matt knocked it out of the park and um Alex Young played drums and he's an awesome drummer he's all over the place playing drums for all these cool people and he just nailed it yeah he was a big drum player just like Damn. Okay. This is, yeah. No. This is like I could just like it, it definitely stood out too. Yeah. Um. And and you're kind of talking about how you know you write these really kind of confessional songs. One thing I'm curious about is I'm a writer too. Um. Is that when you're writing these songs that are personal, they're confessional. Um. Is it when you're done writing that song? Is it do you? feel like how do you feel afterwards i mean is it a release is it hey i put this down now i can kind of move on in a sense or or like how does that work for you when i write a song that feels incredibly personal and i feel like i've landed the plane in the way that i and i didn't crash the plane (laughs) i feel it feels complete and it feels like a relief and i think it's because I don't know if it's because I'm a middle child or what, but I, I, I feel like I'm not always like seen or heard or that's like a core thing that I'm always trying to achieve. And so here I am doing the Tour de France of trying to be seen and heard, which is like literally putting out an entire record of me talking about myself and demanding people see and hear me. But I feel it feels it feels right when I write a song that's that encapsulates what I what I want to say that I feel like people have not heard from me. It feels like a relief okay, uh, if you did not know this about me, like, I need you to know this about me. Yeah, it's also one where you just, you can't mention being a middle child. Middle child is kind of like, yeah, I, I, I want the attention so bad, I now ha- have a budget for, for marketing for it, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you will see me. <laughs> you will see me. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you want to or not. <laughs> um, And then, so, not, you know, the 
there is, and I was surprised by this too, there is a, 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 a cover of a classic country song, Strawberry Wine. Come back to this place Just to remember the taste Of strawberry wine Seventeen The hot July moon Saw everything My first taste of Anyone knows about country, you, you, if you don't know a song, then you don't know a country. Yes. But like this, it's, it's, I guess, you know, could you talk about like deciding to include this on the record, but like, what did you want to do in terms of your rendition of the song? Yeah, I knew I wanted to do a cover, an unexpected cover. I love an unexpected cover cover so there was this song um i don't know it's kind of a smaller show but it's called physical on um apple tv and and there i was watching that show and there was a cover in this really emotional moment on the show it was more than a feeling and i th it's like that's like an 80s song like, more than a feeling who sings it is it like chicago or it's one of those 80s bands and it was a cover done beautifully acoustic and I wish I remembered the artist, but it was so gorgeous. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to, I want to have a song that people hear it and they realize it's that other song and it's so different, but it's so unexpected and surprising. And I didn't know what the song would be, but I knew I wanted to. And then, um, it just came to me one night and I, I recorded it in like, and it also just so happens. Sometimes I have an idea for a song and then I'm like, what are the chords? And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do this. Or like, it's just like a little too complicated or like it doesn't work with my voice, right? Like I have a few songs that I've always wanted to cover and I just like can't get there. But this song, the chords are really simple. The, the vocal, like the, where it sits in my voice worked and I did it, the demo in like two takes and um, it ended, most of like what you hear is like me just doing it um, in one night here in my home studio. So yeah. And, and that's the other thing with, uh, it's so fun to have the ability to create my own music in my home studio because I can have these ideas and then quickly have the, you know, land the plane. I can quickly be like, all right, I'm going to record it and like bring it to Matt in the studio and we'll, and he couldn't, he actually didn't know the song. So, um, so he hadn't heard it. And so he heard my rendition. We produced the whole thing. And then after he went back and listened to the Dina Carter version and he could not believe he was, mind was blown because it's like, it is nineties country. If you're like, what is nineties country? It is that song. It is the twang. It is the iconic sounds of nineties country. And so, um, but that was exactly what I wanted. His moment of like, are you kidding me? I have never heard the song and they, they could not be further, but, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to kind of do that. And was there any, ever any thought of, you know, trying to do your, your own kind of straight 90s country cover of it? Or did you kind of just, just want to, to, to make it your own and also, but also kind of make it sonically on the album as well? No, I never really have desires to do like straight covers. Um, I always like to take things and make them my own, even like whenever I'm like at a place where there's karaoke people are like you should do karaoke and I'm like no that's not my deal like because then I feel like I'm just being compared and I, so I would rather take something and then reimagine it that's 
that's the creative in me. And so now I want to talk about when I listen to records, I also, if I listen to them a lot and that I actually understand what the songs were about, like I get into like, okay, like how these fit together. And so, you know, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of like when you're, when you're putting these songs in order of how, how they'll appear on the record, you know, there's honeymoon goes into celebrity, uh, fertile ground goes into rival man, which is a kind of battle between like, you know, the, the fertile mm-hmm. ground is a, like, it's this battle of, like, your responsibilities, but also what you want to do and balancing that. And then Rebel Mine is, well, it's a happy life. And then Trailblazing and also Even Love, where that's also, like, trying to claim this new, this this creative path you're on, but also knowing that, like, you know, everything takes work, too. So could you kind of talk about, like, what thoughts when, in, when your guys were actually putting, like, how are you going to, to like, sequence the songs? Yeah, the sequencing is a fun thing to think about, and that's why I really like full albums. And it's kind of sad that full albums aren't um, the norm anymore because I there is so much that you can interpret from the actual sequence of songs. And so the, the a few thoughts. I knew Honeymoon would be first, uh, partly because I think it's just the right entry point, not just because of the message, but because of the sound. It's like an accessible sound. Um, because that's what you think about too is like okay if somebody's going to come and listen to my record like what's the first thing that i want them to hear that isn't going to be that isn't going to be too aggressive it's not going to turn them off it's a it's a tall order and i felt like honeymoon was like the the right set point for like this is what you're going to get you're going to get just like a fun breezy easy but also interesting pop record and and then i knew the last song like the first time matt heard even love he's like this sounds like an album closer and and i felt like that was good confirmation so i knew the book ends and then you sort of think about um the story you want to tell throughout i i didn't want to have too many songs concentrated together that were like too down tempo but i also wanted to tell a story um, so like honeymoon into celebrity. So like, those are two kind of light songs. Um, but then, yeah, I just kind of toggle between keeping it light, but then adding a little bit more of depth to the story and then at, and then popping it up and then adding a little bit more depth. And then, um, but yeah, I think it, it, everything was really deliberate and like, even like fertile ground is sort of about my fertility journey. It took, it took time for us to get pregnant. It was challenging and it was difficult and so it's like you have the honeymoon, you're living your life, but then, and you're having a good time. Literally, these are like, you know, you're feeling like a celebrity, but then it's like fertile ground. You're like, oh, wait, we're having a hiccup in the journey. So each of the songs, I think, are representative of like, okay, what happens after the honeymoon? Or like, you know, somewhere in there, you feel like you're losing your voice, but then you find it again. And I'm, I'm hoping people will listen to it in its entirety and 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 go on that journey but also i hope that people have their songs that they fall in love with and listen to on repeat i'm a big like if i like a song i'll i'll repeat that for like four hours if i'm on like a road trip i'm i don't know if that makes me a serial killer but i will listen to a song for four hours straight i guess now all i do is 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 define for you what a, what a you know serial killer is and go from there <laughs> Um, yeah. So like what? Because yeah, like I mean, my favorite records are the ones that like every time I listen to them, I see I hear something new. Um, you know, like for example, uh, mm-hmm. uh I I about ten years ago I got into uh Bruce Springsteen 
and his she has a record called Wrecking Ball. It's just like I just kind of like it's just you just hear something new, and that's like what this is. It's kind of like every time I, I listen to it, it's kind of like I I see something new. It's like oh that or that, and like I love that. It's like that keeps me coming back. Um, what mm-hmm. when you know this is soon gonna be out in the world? Like, what do you want your fans to take away from the record? I well, that's such a lovely question that I even get the opportunity to have people take something away from this. I think at the beginning, I just wanted to be known more. I wanted to have my truth out in the world. But I now as I've lived with the record and the, and the message of the record is is more clear to me, I think I I would like people to go away with this feeling of like the preciousness of life in in the hard moments and in the good moments and also an acknowledgement that like life can be mundane life can be slow life can be boring but it doesn't stay that way and if you just hold on in those moments there's just so much surprise and joy and uh, like unexpected moments beyond that because I, I was a person who was super restless and didn't know if I was a person who would want to get married and have kids and like have that um, normalcy because I was like wait isn't that just like boring and you sh- you just it's all grocery store and garbage bags and boring boring but I I'm so delighted by the richness of life beyond beyond the honeymoon so I think it's just an acknowledgement and acceptance and um, it's okay. Like it's okay to embrace that part of life. And if you just hang on, like you'll, there's like lots of good and there's still a lot of, there are many good times ahead. <laughs> are, are there any songs on the record and, and maybe not enough time has passed yet for you yet, but are there any songs where that they means something more to you or different or affect you in a different way than either when you initially wrote it or recorded it? Mm. I mean, I think Fertile Ground was so was so intense at the time of writing it. Um because it's not it's not entirely about a fertility journey. It's really about me feeling like I was I'm just wasted potential. And, and, and so that's another meaning of fertile ground is like, I, I've always heard she's fertile ground because I was this, you know, straight A student really became this darling in my hometown of like the musician and she's going to go on to do big things. And that, you know, it's like that hero sort of thing that I carried around with me made me feel so like, um, like, like this unsung song and this uh, wasted potential. And and so when I wrote it, I just was like, wait, what, what happens if I just like give all that up and just be like, I'm just here and I'm okay and I'm me and this is, this is okay. It's okay for me to be where I'm at. This is enough. I am enough. And, and that was really intense at the time. And I, I felt like I had to have that release in writing the song of like sh- just sort of shrugging off people's expectations. But it doesn't feel that way anymore to me. It doesn't feel as intense to me, probably because the act of recording this album helps me feel like I'm not wasted potential anymore. And I, and I get better with, with people's expectations every year. Um, and every, every moment as I get older, that's the gift of getting older is like, 
the weight of people's expectations weigh on you less but um yeah fertile ground and i'm kind of sad that it doesn't have that intensity because like when i write a song and it has such intensity it's like becomes my religion for like two weeks where i'm like ah this song is everything i can't wait to play it i love it i'm so proud of it and i'm still proud of it but it doesn't hold that same feeling for me anymore and now it's like it's living in a different realm but um yeah for sure like the thinking about how it felt writing it and then thinking about it now is, is very different experiences not bad or good they're just very different well this has been a a a very fun talk here very much enjoyed it um we do gotta wrap here in a little bit i mean well, very soon actually uh where can people find you on social media my name so Bryn andre so at Bryn andre on instagram and that's b-r-y-n-n-a-n-d-r-e if you go to brynandre.com you can check out um you know information on the release show information on the release actually i think you can get i have it set up where if you want an advanced listen of the record um i give you access to that otherwise you have to wait till august 18th and i'm on facebook Bryn andre so yeah and bryant lake bowl um depending on when this comes out i will be there on july 29th but i also have shows coming up so yeah check out Bryn andre on instagram and brynandre.com well this was uh again a lot of fun thank you for taking the time and uh have a great day thank you so much it was so so awesome chat can i tell you a secret coming close real close i don't think that you should love me cause you be loving a ghost long ago someone broke me apart and i carry on with a canyon and that is it for this episode. I want to send a big thank you to Bryn Andre for her time. Her new album, Honeymoon, is out everywhere now. I also want to thank our producer, Paul Forson, and editor-in-chief, Andrew Parizzo. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PlaysTC, as well as Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Melodic Noise Media and you should find us. You can also join our Patreon and help us keep this ship afloat should be adding some new content soon. You can find me mainly on Instagram at AndySmileyJ. Thank you for listening, and until next time, I'm Andy Ellis. Remember to stay safe and support local music. Take care, everyone. <laughs>